All right, let's do this. All right, welcome to our living room where we have been for the last five weeks. Yep, we are drinking ramen coke, which is has become our specialized drink. Now. That's only because we could only like get rum. <laughs> yeah, <It> we was... <laughs> got our alcohol delivered, and what we could afford was rum. So <laughs> it's fine. It's good. I love rum. Yeah, I mean this is the first time that I've been drinking this much rum in my life. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so we've been in quarantine for five weeks now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going into our fifth week. Mm, yes, we are ending our fifth week. No, oh my gosh. Yeah, so time, we're starting on sixth week. Time week. is an illusion. Yes. But something that has been keeping us entertained, but definitely not informed <laughs> yes. during this time, and we want to take a quick moment before we get into our topic to talk about it, is ridiculous whatsapp conspiracy theories <laughs> that oh our God. mothers and grandmothers keep sending us yes we should talk about that it's a it's a lot problematic but it's also very funny yeah i mean let's just repeat again do not anything you receive on whatsapp from your indian grandparents or sri lankan grandparents <laughs> Please take with a grain of salt and fact check it before you <laughs> yes. action on it. Oh my god. What about you? Tell me what you've heard. Oh my god. I uh, So, well, recently, like very recently, my mom has been sending me things to do on, on WhatsApp. But like she also had sent me multiple videos of, uh, of how China is responsible for this virus. So are Muslims. Um, and... Oh. oh my yeah. god. Uh, it, it's a lot it's a lot of racist things but and the thing is I know she's not being racist because she asked me this question in the most naive way and I have to correct her saying that this is not true because we don't know we don't have any information but it's just funny that she's sending me these long passages of things she's gotten from other people mm-hmm. it's not like she's finding and like cutting these things out she's just forwarding me all these things from other people but that's two things she's sent me recently also this thing where india did this nine o'clock at nine nine p.m for nine minutes thing where you would light a candle so that the virus would go away which was very funny <laughs> to me <laughs> Um, here's something that my grandma sent me. She's forwarded it mm-hmm. uh, from I don't know who, but it says sent by someone from Padua, Italy. World quarantine, and then like the sick blows, notes blowing emoji, <laughs> uh, and like the prayer hands emojis, and this is of course like again a religious thing. Yeah, the flood lasted forty days. Forty days. The exodus from the Bible lasted 40 <laughs> years. 40 days of fasting in the desert where Jesus was tempted. 40 <laughs> days lasted the apparitions of Jesus. Oh 40 days, it seems, that the isolation called, in quotations, quarantine will last. <laughs> the number 40 in the Bible attracts a lot of attention. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, there's, there's more. There's more. There's a second text. It says, in the Bible, every time the number 40 appears, there is a change. So if we are, quote, forced in quarantine, let's enjoy it with our family. It will be a blessing and we will witness changes that God will make in our lives. 
And let's not forget that if we add the numbers in this year, 2020, 20 plus 20 <laughs> equals 40. This is what God wants. Oh my God. That is, oh God. Listen, I chose to take from that the positive, which mm. is that, yes, this is a time of change, a yeah. time of necessary change. Uh, we've seen so much. I mean, we were just talking about the birds mm-hmm. outside our window in Brooklyn. That is true. That, that's a really hopeful sign for me. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's because, you know, <laughs> 20 <laughs> plus 20 equals <laughs> <laughs> 40. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's also because a lot of people believe in religion. This is the time when people need to believe in religion mm-hmm. the most. And so, yeah, like my parents would send me those nine-minute at 9 p.m. <laughs> candle lighting thing uh, but and your grandmother sending you this 40 plus 40 thing <laughs> but uh, it's, it's cute it's funny and we just you know laughing our way out of this hopefully you know yes I mean we're trying to yeah. also if you hear like a little clink clink yes that's, that's my ice in my <laughs> rum and coke <laughs> this is Hanali this is Nicole and this is Twelve Answers, the podcast. All right, so what are we actually talking about today? Since it's definitely not my grandma's conspiracy theory. <laughs> um, so we wanted to talk about cancel culture. The, this has been happening in the last five years extensively, but we just want to see what we have taken from it. Also, how is it problematic and how is it successful? Yeah. And also, we have a theory about cancel culture, and our theory is that it might not exist. <laughs> <laughs> and but like, it still does serve an important purpose. We think so. We're going to break that all down. Mm-hmm. But first, Hinali found an actual dictionary definition of cancel culture. Do you want to read that out? Uh, let's read that out. So, as per dictionary dot com. Cancel culture refers to the popular practice of withdrawing support for cancelling, in brackets, public figures and companies after they have done or said something considered objectionable or offensive. Cancel culture is generally discussed as being performed on social media in the form of group sharing. Yeah, I mean, that's basically cancel culture as we know it. For me, cancel culture is, I think taking away a public figure's cultural capital. You take away their relevance, their mm. uh, their ability to just move around the internet as a normal person. <laughs> you know, just you take away their ability to speak what they want when they want, mm-hmm. and rather you make them a figure of ex- intense scrutiny, where everything yeah. that they've ever said and ever yeah. done is fair game to be torn apart by, you know, people that cancel them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I view it in a similar way. Also, I mean, as we, Nicole and I had discussed earlier, before I had a clear view of what cancel culture meant, I saw it as a lot of people uh, coming together to, like, to basically call out people who have, who have made mistakes, especially celebrities, who have a wider platform mm-hmm. and who need to filter their words before they post it out on Twitter or Instagram or whatever platform they use because they have re- relevance in our culture as someone who we look up, look up to. Yeah, okay, so we should note that before we really dove into this and started thinking about this, 
Hinali and I had kind of opposing views yes. of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. And through, you know, looking at pop culture, seeing who's been canceled, seeing who's been canceled and who hasn't been canceled, we've kind of changed our views a little bit. Yeah. Both of us. I came into this thinking that cancel culture um, is more problematic than not. Hmm. That everybody is not woke. Mm-hmm. That everybody's not b- born woke. <laughs> And that that even goes for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I am terrified that someone will find something that I've possibly said or done in the mm-hmm. past yeah. uh, and cancel me. Even though, <laughs> even though, you know, it's like I make every attempt to be inclusive in what I do, but mm-hmm. there are some things that I genuinely didn't know about. Yeah. And some ways, you know, like growing up in Sri Lanka, I was not exposed to the plight of trans people. Mm-hmm. I wasn't exposed to uh, black culture yeah. and what it meant. Mm-hmm. And so when I came to America, I was really learning all of that firsthand. Yeah. Um, but of course, the responsibility is on me to learn about it. Yes, that's true. But I really certainly would not want to be judged <laughs> by all the things I didn't know. Mm-hmm. No, I felt similar. Like, I didn't know anything about like what black culture meant to people here. Because I wasn't exposed to that. And I mean, I still have problems with knowing people's pronouns. And I need to be better at asking them before I make a judgment about that. And I hope that people who really appreciate or want to be called a certain way, like, uh, aren't, like, judging me for not asking them beforehand. Because I really need to be better at that. But at the same time, I feel that we people who are in power or at least a position of power need to be better at filtering what they say to to millions of people that are following them so you disagreed yeah. with me basically you so i dis- yeah i disagreed with nicole saying that no that people need to be responsible for what their words mean, mean to people definitely i mean yeah. i agree with that part yeah but i'm saying that like, if it's, like, a one-time thing, yeah. and you say, okay, my bad, mm-hmm. you should be given a chance to learn from oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. For example, I mean, I guess we can get into some examples. <laughs> for example, Lena Dunham, mm-hmm. who has no... Like, I think she is cancelled. Like, she's... You rarely hear about Lena Dunham anymore, um, without it being a story about, like, how she's apologizing for something else. <laughs> that is true. That's, like, her brand now, you know? Yeah. It's, like, on brand, her brand. <laughs> you haven't heard anything from her uh, for the longest time, but that's a relevant way to cancel people, someone who has not learned from what she said. Or yeah. is she trying to really be apologetic towards what she's done, or is this just a words that are coming out? after everything she does wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's interesting because, like, this, it's kind of a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. You know, who gets cancelled, Yeah. Uh, how long they get cancelled for, Yes. Uh, and, you know, what, what that actually means. After we had those initial discussions, mm-hmm. we kind of thought about where does cancel culture come from? What, what need does it fulfill? Like, what hole is it filling? Hmm. And why does it exist on the internet, especially? I mean, it's a way for people to comment on something that's against a lot of people's beliefs or isn't correct. Yeah. And so I think that's it has a stronghold of why it's needed, especially from people like us. 
we exactly. usually can say oh lena dunham what she said was wrong or we can say amy schumer isn't racist or is racist and we just don't have that power to do so otherwise yeah i mean okay think about us in our jobs yeah we have okay let's think about your job <laughs> for a second oh okay i mean how much racist th- how many racist things have you endured at that workplace how many you know racist comments have you heard but you just cannot say anything That's because true. of the power dynamics mm-hmm. you will never you're not sure like you know my white boss is going to <laughs> take this the wrong way or my white boss is going to see me as a threat or an aggressor mm-hmm. or you know someone that's here to disrupt the status quo yeah but on the internet i could literally come home that night and be on twitter and mm-hmm. say oh my god my white boss did this and yep. have tons of support from tons of other people that are going through the same thing. Yeah. We just don't have a platform in real life. Mm-hmm. Even though we want to and we believe we live in an equal society, the power di- dynamics it do not allow work. us yeah. to speak up about things that are offensive. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. Like, my job was problematic in a lot of ways and it was... Uh, I had bosses who were who did not understand that race played a huge role in the environment they had built around themselves. Yeah. And I was one of the people who was of color who could not speak up because it just is does not work in a small office that way. But yes, like on internet we have the free reign to do whatever, say whatever and it it'll probably have consequences for people who who are wrong in that scenario. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like that is also why cancel culture has such a bad rep mm-hmm. because I mean like comedians, even comedians of color, I mean tons of people that are out there offending people mm-hmm. are like, "Oh my god, this is just a Twitter mob." Yeah, exactly. canceling me. Uh-huh. Instead of, you know, I don't know, I feel like the whole cancel even the term cancel culture, mm-hmm. even the fact that we're doing an episode on <laughs> cancel culture <laughs> yeah. is just all to kind of delegitimize the fact that people marginalized people mm-hmm. are critiquing you a person that's not affected by this yeah and that's hard to take mm-hmm. it's like it disrupts that balance of power that's true i mean a lot of times we have seen as nicole and i were discussing like who actually is getting hurt from us canceling them is there a, a power dynamic where like people just say whatever or is or even apologize mm-hmm. after but then nothing really happens to them and that's true for a lot of times when like especially comedians who gain power from this cancellation they they call out people who are saying oh like you are not, you are being racist or you are doing something that's not right but at the same time they are getting currency out of this as as their content or as more money from shows and stuff like that Yeah, that's why I feel like the whole you're canceling people doesn't really exist. Mm. I mean, all it is, I think we can just lose the label. All it is is someone said something wrong, did yeah. something wrong, and a whole group of people are pointing that out and asking for some sort of retribution. Yeah. It you know, like doesn't have to lead to the cancellation of their career except mm-hmm. like in Lena Dunham's case, it probably should <laughs> at this point. But Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, Shane Gillis. There's really no 
Yeah. No cost. I mean, he was fired, but at the same time. Who is he? For people that don't know. Uh, he is a comedian who was hired by SNL along with another um, two cast members. One of them was an Asian American for the first time as a uh, full-time performer. Yeah. But Shane Gillis was fired because he was racist towards Asian Americans. Yeah. On his podcast, he made tons of Asian jokes, mm-hmm. tons of jokes about Chinatown, mm-hmm. none of which we will repeat here. Yes. But, I mean, he, he was... This wasn't, unlike most cancel culture things, mm-hmm. people are called out for things that they said years and years ago. Mm-hmm. This was relevant. As mm-hmm. he was being hired, as his contracts were negotiated, he yeah. was on a on his podcast talking about Chinatown and yeah. Chinese Americans mm-hmm. and Chinese people and Asian people. Mm-hmm. And so SNL still hired him, along with the first Asian American cast member. Yes. But then after the backlash, they fired him right away, but... From what we have read in multiple news articles, his comedy shows are still going full. Like, no yep. one's actually not going and watching his his acts. So, is he actually cancelled? No, because cancel culture <laughs> doesn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he's not cancelled. I mean, even, uh, you know, ta- it's crazy because cancelling people has created a whole genre of Netflix comedy stand-up mm-hmm. specials that are called comeback specials. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like Dave Chappelle, who's always commenting on trans people and still, you know, doing more acts based on that and neg- or saying that cancel culture is just after him. Yeah, exactly. Also, I mean, like, uh, Louis C.K. is mm-hmm. planning a comeback special and, you know, there's buzz. Mm. It's called a comeback special. Yeah. And everyone's going to watch it like, what is mm-hmm. up with Louis C.K. after he got canceled for, you know, mm-hmm. serious allegations of sexual assault. Yeah. Um, so that's one problem with mm-hmm. it. The, the problem that, you know, there's no real retribution. Yes. The next thing is that sometimes the fact that it happens on the internet means that I mean, people are more likely to mess up mm-hmm. on Twitter when it's a 180-character limit yeah. or on Instagram stories. Like, we can think of Gina Rodriguez, mm-hmm. yeah. who was singing along to one of her favorite songs and said the N-word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she apologized for it, but she was on an Instagram story. And I feel like just the platforms make it easier to fuck up. Hmm. That's true. Also, I mean, there has been a lot of cancellation of YouTube performers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, One of them, I just listened to one of the podcasts uh, on Natalie Wynn. Uh, so she, she, is, uh, she has a, a very famous uh, YouTube show. And she was canceled after she made a 40-minute video where she included a 10-second clip from someone who was highly criticized for being uh, against trans people. Mm-hmm. And she, in this podcast, says that she was canceled was something so minute. But I don't know why she included him in the, her episode, but she was misread or misrepresented by that 10-second thing for everything else she has done otherwise. Yeah, but do you think that that goes along with your argument of people in positions of 
power, people in with platforms, mm-hmm. with influence, yeah. have to be responsible for everything they put out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I do agree with that. Like, I completely agree with that. But I also understand that from the larger perspective, if there is no context given into these cancellations, then there is no real understanding of why someone is being cancelled. Yeah. Or or is, should we give them more a second chance like you said before yes okay wait so that's actually interesting because you just said something you said context Mm -hmm. i mean context i think is key and that's what's missing in social media because everything is quick and everything is short and Mm -hmm. everything is like you know six second video or something yeah yeah i think context is key i think you should you know, like, in the case of Lena Dunham, who I keep bringing up, <laughs> I think, yeah, you should judge Lena Dunham by her whole track record of yes. missteps. Yes. But in the case of, you know, someone like this YouTuber, Natalie Wynn, maybe we'll, you know, give her a second chance based on what it is. Yeah. But I do think that the internet is kind of forgiving mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I mean, still, it makes me think about who is mm-hmm. forgiven and mm-hmm. who isn't. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's a racial dynamic to that, a class yeah. dynamic to that. Yes. But white women mm-hmm. are much likely to be perceived, much more likely to be perceived as victims. Yeah. And much more likely to be, you know, given a second chance. Mm-hmm. Black women definitely not as likely. That's true. Even between male celebrities and who, female celebrities yeah, yeah like who is given a second chance easily versus not mm-hmm. or who gets better or like who gets more chances afterwards after yeah. they, they're making mistakes or not even apologizing or ap- apologizing in a non-sincere way yeah so I mean we can think yeah. about Taylor Swift right yeah I mean she was I mean branded as a white woman, in a typical sense, branded as a white woman who saw this big, mean bully mm-hmm. in Kanye West, the black man, which is a tried and tested trope mm-hmm. of, you know, the power dynamics there. Yeah. She was canceled for it on the internet, but that didn't really do anything. She was still the highest paid she still is musician high, yeah. that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, she, she released a comeback album. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was bad, but, like, still... She got millions she, out of that. Yeah, she went on tour for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't really that damaging. Yeah, no, it wasn't. I mean, I understand. I, I used to, as a disclaimer, was a Taylor Swift fan when I was 17 Dang. years old, okay? Dang. But when this happened, when I saw Kanye West walk on the stage and take away her, her award for... And saying that Beyonce deserved it and not her... I felt for Taylor, you know? Yeah, I was like, why is he doing that? Like, she deserves that award. But then it's her repeated accusations towards him of being the victim whenever, you know, and especially, like, it confirmed for me when that whole tape thing happened between Kanye and And Taylor. I was still supporting Taylor because I was like, oh, he didn't tell her that he used her in his song, but then there was... A recording of her saying that yes yeah i know yeah. about it and so this was taylor's yeah. song famous i mean uh, kanye's song. kanye's song famous yeah. where he says the line i made that bitch famous mm-hmm. um about you know how his 
whole VMA stunt yeah. is what made put Taylor Swift on the radar. Mm. And yeah, she knew about it, and they came to an agreement on this phone call that if at the Grammys, um, she was going to tell, you know, the reporters mm-hmm. that she knew about it, and it was like they kind of collaborated on it. Mm-hmm. But at the Grammys instead, she said, you know, because a reporter asked her, isn't that not feminist? And mm-hmm. she said, yeah, I've never heard about it in my life. So... <laughs> Yeah, so... So I think you're right. It is that repeated... Yeah, it's a repeated thing because I was definitely supporting her as a 17-year-old like when that happened because I wanted her to not be bullied by someone mm-hmm. you know who was more famous than she was at that time. Yeah. But then she has taken that victimhood as a, as an image, like Lena Dunham, who they have in defense. Yeah. I'm just saying. Not <laughs> and Amy Schumer. Not saying anything against being friends, but in general, the whole image of being white and, you know, being accused of or something and then not really getting yeah. away from that. I mean, also something that we should think about is who who are we asked, how can we ask, how can we hold people accountable when the president of the United States isn't hasn't been cancelled i no, mean he obviously, never <laughs> no i mean he before he became president yeah. there were serious sexual assault allegations mm-hmm. against him i mean he was on tape yeah. saying grab her by the pussy i mean these are these are serious things that you know a regular youtuber would be cancelled for yeah and he's president of the, the united states now in 2020 the two presidential Candidates mm-hmm. on both sides are two white men with sexual <laughs> assault yeah. allegations against them, Trump and yeah. Biden. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is just like the culture of, you know, America. Yeah. I mean, I think it's much harder to cancel politicians mm-hmm. than it is for celebrities in China. I don't know. Well, I, I guess, especially for the president of the United States, he is not going to go away from his position. At least he hasn't been it so far. Yeah. After multiple allegations on every possible thing you could imagine. And so I don't know how accountable could politicians be, even if we go after them. Like, I don't know how to cancel them. But that's exactly what I mean. I mean, that's exactly, I think, why we had to have this conversation, because cancel culture mm-hmm. can only go so far. Yeah. And also, it also highlights the fact that marginalized groups mm-hmm. still have only so much power. Yeah. I mean, we have power on the internet, mm-hmm. but that does not translate to real life. That is true. You can't say anything in your job. Mm-hmm. I can't say anything in public. Like, if someone says that I'm, like, pretty for a brown girl or something. <laughs> and, you know, we can't even say that through our voting mm-hmm. or through our election process. Yeah. I mean, we just can't. I mean, uh, you know, like, it's still hard for a person of color to get elected. It's still hard for a woman to get elected. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, cancel culture doesn't translate to real life. It definitely works on the internet. And it yeah. definitely gives us a voice. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. I'm... I'm r- appreciative of what it has done so far for some people but i'm also questioning how far can we stretch this yeah and 
can like as we have fi- found out so far we can fully stretch it beyond the internet world that is here's something i think that we have to think about and maybe we don't have this answer yet mm-hmm. but who wins with cancel culture uh, uh, who, yeah who wins i mean how do you how do you reckon with it how do you how do you cancel someone <laughs> like actually i i have no answer for that it just becomes our subjective way of looking at things because that's what it always comes down to i feel and so on the topic of who wins uh sarah haggy who is uh, a reporter for time magazine she argues that the people that actually win are marginalized groups mm-hmm. and that cancel culture isn't real yeah and cancel culture is okay let me just tell you what she says mm-hmm. she says i'm black she says i'm a black muslim woman and because of social media marginalized people like myself can express ourselves in a way that was not possible before that means racist sexist and bigoted behavior remarks don't fly like they used to this applies not only to wealthy people or industry leaders but anyone whose privilege has historically shielded them from public scrutiny but because they can't handle the cultural shift they rely on phrases like cancel culture to delegitimize the criticism hmm. which is true so i think we're also adding to that delegitimization mm-hmm. by roping in any criticism as cancel culture yeah. when it's not mm-hmm. it's criticism so i think in that in that sense like who wins at cancel culture the people getting canceled yeah amy schumer wins mm-hmm. lena dunham wins louis ck wins yeah i mean all yeah. the comedians who are making money out of that content after that they win yeah i mean it's yeah. like a can- i got cancel club mm-hmm. and so you win for you know you somehow revictimize yourself after you victimize other people yeah you reversed you get reverse <laughs> victimized for being you know attacked by the internet mob mhm whereas if we just said hey cancel culture doesn't exist mhm then these people would just have to deal with the fact that what they said was wrong mhm that's true but then how do we put power within ourselves to call them out you know but we just have to do it in a different label or like it shouldn't be called cancel yeah, yeah. we should just stop calling it cancel culture yeah. yeah so what do we name this episode uh, <laughs> i don't know we will surprise you with that well maybe not because you'll no, see you'd, it you'll have see seen it. it already oh <laughs> my god <laughs> so, yes but that's true we need to think about that and i think um this is a common theme that we've been coming to especially as we've done this season of unlearning mm-hmm. where we've really tried to unlearn things that we've known even about you know something like cancel culture yeah um is that we have to be careful about the words we use mm-hmm. and what those words actually mean you know yeah. like before thinking about this episode i used to say cancel culture all the time mhm but now i'm going to be really careful That because i mean this is a powerful tool and people of color marginalized groups in general really have few tools that they have at their disposal yes. to wield power mhm and so got to be careful that's why we will 
unlearn this and we will move forward with something that brings brings people together without having this negative impact on them mm-hmm. speaking of bringing people together we should organize a rent freeze <laughs> a rent strike for a building uh, we should do that but we will get to that so for this week that's it this is Mali this is Nicole and this is 12 answers sorry my supposed to say the podcast <laughs> yes. the podcast